Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The Steelers continue to keep making moves in this offseason. Mm-hmm. The most recent one of consequence wasn't an addition that they made. Subtraction. Rather, yes, thank you for finishing my sentence. Well, it could have been division multiplication. Who knows? <laughs> there, uh, There's so many mathematical functions out there. They subtracted cornerback Akello Witherspoon from their roster. Akello, of course, you remember, came over via a trade with Seattle a couple of years mm-hmm. back. Never really caught on because of health issues, I'd say, more than anything with the Steelers. He had some poor play as well in 2022, but we all remember the end of 2021 where he started three games, three interceptions for the team, and looked like a guy that was ready to throw his hat in the ring for, hey, I could be CB1 or CB2 moving forward for this team. I'm still young. I'm only 20 at the time, six years old. Yeah, I got the numbers for you right here, Tom. In 2021, his first season with the team allowed only 37.8% of passes to be completed, had a 35.1 pass rating against, and had those three interceptions that you mentioned. But in 2022, compare the 37.8 completion percentage to 75.9% percentage allowed. Compare his 35.1 pass rating allowed to 1261 Allowed in 2022, only had one interception after allowing zero touchdowns in 2021, allowed four in 2022. And you remember last year he got hurt early, and it was kind of like that weird, like, will he be back Mm -hmm. ever? And he just kept riding the season out on IR, never to return. I think he was activated towards the end of the year and started to practice, but I don't think he was able to come back, and he had to go back on IR Mm -hmm. because that three-week window once you get activated. And there were a lot of fans who were up in arms because of it, saying, why are you wasting a roster spot on this guy if he's going to ride the the uh, the IR all season? They really thought that there was still something there in Witherspoon. Yeah, clearly. Or they wouldn't have just designated him to an unassigned spot and and let somebody else take it. I mean, he had his career high in interceptions in 2021 when he started those three games down the stretch for the Steelers. Mm -hmm. Like, he had started 12 games before in a season in 2018. He had started nine games the season prior to that in 2017. He had two picks. Like, So it looked like maybe this guy had something click, you know, on his third team now. Right. Never even got a chance to catch on in Seattle. You know, San Francisco didn't go great. Seattle just didn't really want him, just sent him back right. to Pittsburgh. Maybe he finally had that, oh, bleep, like, this is my third team. I got to make it work if now I don't or establish I won't myself, make it. I won't right. make it. And we saw that a little bit at the end of 2021, and then he only played in four games, like we said, in 2022, and they were not the greatest four games ever for Mr. Witherspoon. So I think all of those things, you know, kind of him never coming to fruition as far as what the team thought he might be able to do for them, as well as the additions that they've made in the cornerback room via free agency, via the draft now, 
he became pretty expendable. And I think the injury thing, I mean, that's one thing that I think a lot of people in the NFL look at and say, hey, if you're not going to be available, that's pretty much the first straw that breaks as mm-hmm. far as us deciding do we keep you or not. And he's just not available. He's only played in a total of 13 games in his two years here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and with a semi-crowded cornerback room now, with the additions of Patrick Peterson, with the drafting of Joey Porter Jr., it's not going to kill you. I mean, to me, Tom, what upset me more was the loss of Arthur, Arthur Millette. Okay. I think it surprised a lot more. Pe- I, th- I think it surprised a lot of people more so just because of we saw the the snap count of Arthur Millette in the slot. You really just between Cam Sutton and Arthur Millette, you lost basically ninety eight to ninety nine percent of your your cornerback slot snaps. So to me, Akella Witherspoon was just going to be the guy that was below Levi Wallace or below the guy that was below Levi Wallace. Arthur Millette to me was a, a much more significant loss after you already lost Cam Sutton. You know, you lay it out like that, and that's a lot of people that, you know, contributed last year. Witherspoon, of course, getting hurt, but was supposed yeah. to contribute if he was healthy, mm-hmm. and then Millette and Sutton. And it is a little scary. You know, you, you yeah. move on. With, There's still a lot of bodies in that room. But I love changing it, you know? Like, I yeah. love a nice overhaul of personnel in that cornerback room. And really, you know, you look at it, only guy who's a legit contributor if everybody stays healthy that was here last year is going to be Levi Wallace. Levi, right. I mean, he got mm-hmm. Porter Jr. from the draft, Patrick Peterson, and Shandon Sullivan from free right. agency. Maybe James Pierre sneaks in there a little I mean, bit he's, now. But he's still on the team. Like, he's still down there's the depth clearly chart, though. Some, but there's clearly something that even though the Steelers thought they had a lot more than, the, than what they got out of him, there's clearly still something they think they can juice out of him. If he's, if he's still on the team and guys like – Sutton and Millette and Witherspoon are all gone. And you know what? Maybe you attach a little Vince Williams kind of hope to a Corey Trice Jr. Yeah. A lot of people said that it was surprising he was there in the seventh round when the Steelers Mm -hmm. picked him. Some people had him as early as the third round as far as where he landed on their big board. So you got a little bit of a steal there. I don't expect to see anything from Corey Trice in 2023, but maybe he pleasantly surprises you, and maybe that's kind of what the Steelers are, are looking at. Not that you could glean that from just the rookie minicamp that they had last week. But maybe, you know, you watch Corey Trice film because you obviously scouted him and wanted to draft him, and you're saying to yourself, this guy's going to be a lot quicker to be ready than most people probably think he will be. And I just feel like they now, in a a spot that was a weakness heading into this offseason, I don't want to call it a strength, but they feel a lot more comfortable to, you know, get rid of some of that excess weight that they have there. Sutton left on his own, but they allowed Mallette to get his right. release, right. and now they chose to get rid of Akello Witherspoon. So it's not a strength, but it's certainly not a weakness when you're, like, moving pieces away like that and reshuffling the deck. No, especially because, yeah, you've lost a lot of pieces, but look at the pieces you brought in. I think the pieces, the two pieces you brought in between – Joey Porter Jr. and Patrick Peterson together combined are stronger than the trio that you lost between Millette, Sutton, and Witherspoon. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Even though two was less than three, I think that two is stronger than those three. I think those two is stronger than those three. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Levi, you know, he has been at his best when he can be a second fiddle. Absolutely. He doesn't have to be a guy. The number one guy. And he wasn't the number one guy last year, but who was, right? Right. So. And he was kind of. 
in that de facto two role just because no one was taking the one, but he was serving as that number two. It's it's not impossible or it's not unfathomable unfathomable to think that he's better served even as the number three guy. No, I I don't think that's far fetched at all. And with Levi Wallace, you know, no expectation of him becoming a number one because that's all on Porter Jr. That's all on Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm. I like it to be on Porter. Well, yeah, eventually yeah. you hope that that just because that ends would mean that Patrick Peterson at his ripe old age of what 33, 32 is better than a very young rookie Joey Porter Jr. Which is okay in his rookie year, I think. Yeah. Patrick Peterson had a pretty damn good season last he year. He did. You know, I think a it lot was... of people are forgetting that. And You're right. They, you know, look at the years prior to that and say, yeah, he really has started to slow down a bit. Maybe he had something last year that was a, a second wind, and you get a couple more years of him here playing at that kind of a level because – Again, you'll be surprised to see how well he played for Minnesota last season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the dream scenario, though, you're right. Joey Porter Jr. becomes the number one corner, and let's not put this kind of pressure on the kid. You know, He's not going to be Sauce Gardner coming out here and being CB1 right. in the league the second he steps on the field. But if he can get to CB1 early in his rookie tenure for the Steelers' own cornerback mm-hmm. room— um, uh, uh, you'll do backflips because oh, yeah. that, that's exactly what first-round caliber players, and he is, picked him at number 32 overall, the second-round pick, but a lot of people had him going in the first round. He was mocked to go in the first round in a ton of drafts. You know, you expect them to jump onto the field and have less of a learning sure. curve than, say, your Herbigs picked in the fourth round or your Trices in the seventh. Even though it burns to think that you lost Cam Sutton, someone you loved Play. I mean, think about this this secondary, Tom. I mean, this is obviously perfect dream scenario. But if you had Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter Jr. as your corners, your 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 typical corners, and then Demonte KZ and Minka as your safeties, and you kept Cam Sutton as your slot guy, and then you wouldn't even have to worry about Levi Wallace or James Pierre or even Shannon Sullivan sliding into that slot role. I don't think we'd even be talking about the secondary until training camp. Now, in rlads.com, it's interesting how they break down the cornerback room. Joey Porter Jr. and Levi Wallace as your starting outside corners. And putting Pat Pete into that nickel spot. Interesting. He's had experience playing there before. Well, He's long. Is he fast enough? Right. And does he have enough quick you know, change direction ability to cover those slot receivers? But let's also remember, too, when he first arrived in Pittsburgh, both he and Mike Tomlin were saying how he can be used everywhere in a, in a multitude of ways. No, no question. So he's got the flexibility. And, you know, people will question, does he have the speed, the change of direction ability still to cover a slot receiver? Mm-hmm. I would argue that maybe he doesn't have those, but what he does have is the smarts. Maybe he'll be in a better position than the slot receiver anticipates. Yeah. Maybe he'll make up for his lack of speed by taking a better angle, by, you know, in film study, knowing what kind of route is about to come and kind of cheat on that route. So, you know, maybe you put that experience in that nickel spot, in that slot corner spot, and ride with that while you have Levi, who has done outside corner work for his entire career and done it as a number two in Buffalo to great success before. Mm-hmm. And Joey Porter Jr., who is a number one outside cornerback type of, you know, player. Like, that's his archetype when mm-hmm. it comes to the kind of player he projects to be, you're not putting Porter in the slot at the nickel. Like he's going to be on the outside for his entire career. If his career goes the way that we all hope it will. So, you know, those two guys, Wallace and Porter, 
you know, I don't want to say they're your best two outside corners right now, but Pat Pete might be your best option at nickel, and by default, those two have to play the outside. Right, by default, because nobody else is as comfortable. Porter and Pat Pete are the best, I think, just corners, hands down. Right, right no matter where you're playing, just the guy with the label CB. Right, like the traditional A.J. Brown's out wide and you're guarding him. I put those two in front of Levi. But the way you're saying with, with Pat Pete, being at the slot, and then by default you'd have uh, Joey Porter Jr. and Levi Wallace be your traditional outside centers. You might, I might steal that term, by default, you might have to put Patrick Peterson in there because he's the most comfortable playing in that position. Levi Wallace doesn't have much experience with it. You don't, you don't really want to trust putting guys like, um, I mean, maybe, I mean, like Corey Trice, I don't know, but I, I certainly don't. We've tried the James Pierre uh, experiment before, and it, and it hasn't worked out. Chandon Sullivan, maybe. But those are your three probably best cornerbacks, I'd say, on your team right now between uh, Pat Pete, Joey Porter Jr., and Levi Wallace. But between those three, by default, you might have to put Patrick Peterson there. Peterson in there at the slot because he has the most experience playing that position, which would then, by default, put Levi Wallace at the left or right, whichever one Joey Porter Jr. chooses to play opposite. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Yeah, and I just love how we can handle Joey Porter Jr. right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a come in and save our, our secondary. Right. Because, you know, we're talking— You already have one of the best, regardless of position, exactly the right. best player exactly, in the secondary. You finished my sentence at the beginning of the episode. You finished my <laughs> thought here. Get out of my head, dude. It's not just the corners that we're talking about. Minka Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. is the captain of this defense in that secondary. And I know Pat Pete's got, you know, those captain stripes too, but those are from different teams. He earned, right. them, in, he earned them in Arizona. Minka isn't just – remember, you know, in like 2019, 2020, people were saying, oh, look at Minka bringing some splash to the Steelers and, and, and turning things around. It's 2023. The guy has been here now. This will be his fifth season with fifth the team. Fifth season. He is as established as established gets now. And he missed, what, all pro once in those five years? One time. Something like that. I mean, he gets pick six, missed it once in those five years. Mm-hmm. He's had at least one pick and six in the, a season. And then the very next season, what does he do to, to reestablish Just himself as, as AP1? Very first play of the season. Or second play, because remember, Cam Hayward got the sack That's on Joe right. Burrow. But the second play, I'm going to take this ball to the house in Cincinnati. You know, it's tough to say that or remember this and have the perspective of it because it was the first game of the year. But that was probably the most fun I had watching the Steelers defense all of Oh, absolutely. No, game, I... The Hayward I, sack and Watts going nuts. Even in the comeback, because you have to you have to also include, yeah, the Bengals came back, but yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick got his hand on that football in the know. extra point. Like, just because the long snapper was the backup and the snap was slower than usual, Minka still had to get there. Right. And not and every he safety's going to get there. And he did it. So, yeah. And before what, TJ went down, we were saying... Okay, who's going to be Depoy? Is it going to be Minka or TJ? Because right. they were both playing like it in that first game. 
So you don't have to really put a lot of pressure on Joey Porter Jr. And he can come in and be a contributor right away without feeling like he has to be Superman. Mm-hmm. Because Superman's number 39. And then, honestly, Crypto, you know, Superdog is Pat Peterson. Like, he, yeah. the sidekick for, for Minka is Peterson. Like, you don't in terms of to, in terms of talent and veteran you, leadership, you don't yeah. have to really do anything except mm-hmm. look at the guy across from you, jam his ass at the line of scrimmage, which I think is going to be your biggest strength in the NFL, and then let and Minka kind of be your bodyguard. Be like, yeah, and I I think that it's going to do wonders for his development. And Casey and Neil aren't spring chickens either. I mean, those are right. both veteran oh, guys. Well, Casey for sure. KZ, we saw his effect. Neil. I mean, Neil is slotted in as the strong safety right now mm-hmm. on our lives as a starter. Like, he has got pedigree. That's a first-round pick that's Absolutely. back there now. So now you got first-round pick Patrick Peterson. You got—he could be a first-round pick Joey Porter Jr., let's be honest. Essentially is. I mean, got, really, essentially is. You got first-round pick, pick Keanu Neal. You got first-round pick Minka Fitzpatrick. Pedigree mm-hmm. in that secondary, my man. And, you know— My man. Wasn't really there with Wallace and, and just Witherspoon. No, when Hayden, Millette, when Hayden you know, left, the cornerback room lost a lot of its pedigree. It was a lot of guys who were serviceable, trying to, you know, burst through that next level yeah, and be and a you, guy. And they were accountable to a degree, but you didn't want to rely on them to be your number one guys. And Mm-mm. you saw for what two or three seasons, the Steelers secondary, especially the cornerbacks. Go through just a bunch of guys, yes. But no one really stepped up to be that number one. Now you, I, th- I think you have two number ones in Joey Porter Jr. and Patrick Peterson. I agree, and you know, this is the way that football is going. You need to have corners, yeah. that can affect the game because receivers are unicorns. You know, you're, you'll see, you'll see AJ Browns a lot more often. Than not almost in today's mm-hmm. NFL. Not only that, Tom, but we did an episode a, a couple of weeks ago about the wide receiver death on every team, ranking it, right? How many of those teams weren't just at the top of the list because of one guy? A lot of those teams were in the top 10, top 15 because they have legit they number one, number two. You do need multiple cornerbacks. You can't just have one shut down guy because, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of these teams have. Multiple weapons that can catch balls. Exactly. So, and look at your own division right now. Oh, absolutely. Jamar Chase twice. Yeah. We don't know what he's going to be like, but Odell twice. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to at least. Odell go, with with a rookie now. Who might be pretty good. Mm-hmm. You got to at least go into the first game against Odell thinking he's Odell. Like, you can't just yeah. be like, he's not going to be Assuming he's going to be gr- and then Garbage, Amari yeah. Cooper is not a slouch. No, I mean, Amari Cleveland. Cooper is the one who burned the Steelers yeah. in their first matchup last season. So those are three legit wide receiver ones. Absolutely. Granted, OBJ were a little shaky on, but, you know, if he ends up even being three quarters of what he was, that's still a pretty good wide receiver that's, number one. That's better than anything Lamar's had to throw to as oh, a wide yeah. receiver over the past, what, two or three years? 100%. And, and going back, too, to the Steelers matchup with the Bengals, you have Patrick Peterson, you have Joey Porter Jr., and that allows you, like I said earlier, maybe Levi Wallace is best suited as a number two, number three guy. I feel comfortable putting, uh, wow, uh, Levi Wallace on, T, on not T. Higgins, on um, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. A lot, a lot more comfortable than I would have been a year ago having to put Levi Wallace on T. Higgins. But here's where I'm even more comfortable. Okay. Say Tyler Boyd's in the slot and Pat Pete's playing nickel and he takes Tyler Boyd. So you got T. Higgins on Levi Wallace. Well, number 39 exactly. is going to be shading a little bit exactly. over. Exactly. DeMonte Casey's going to exactly. be shading a little bit over playing center field because Minka's coming up into the box. 
They're very malleable. There's a lot of moving pieces around and guys are comfortable being Mm -hmm. moved around. And you said it with Pat Pete. That was the the book on Minka since Alabama. Like this dude, remember how many people said that, yeah, Minka's a safety and he'll play safety and and he'll be an all pro at it. But he also might be the best slot corner in the league if you put him at that If you put him there when you need to. So the guys in that secondary are just so flexible. And that allows you to not have the rookie need to have any flexibility. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Porter Jr. can't be flexible, but just stick him on that island out there, baby, and let him progress. Uh, we talked about Witherspoon getting cut. A uh, couple of other moves that the Steelers made official. They did sign Mason Rudolph officially. And I wanted to wrap up this episode with this. I'm going to make a bold prediction okay. that I have egg on my face. Oh, so remember boy. This one, right? The Steelers Write put, it down. made it official with XFL wide receiver Hakeem Butler. Yeah. He is now on the team, will be coming to OTAs, minicamp, mm-hmm. training camp, as long as he still stays on the roster. Right. Put it here. Remember where you heard it. He's going to make the team. He's going to make the team. I think Hakeem Butler is going to make this team as like a wide receiver five, maybe a six that doesn't oh, Tom, get a helmet on me. Game that's day. so hard because with the re signing of what Boykin and um, Anthony Miller. Yeah, but you know what? And then you I have your bring, you're guys, gonna you're gonna bring back. You your, didn't just mention Lynn Swan and John Stoll. No, like, I, Butler can beat those guys out. You're right. <sighs> Listen, I admit it that this might be an egg on my face prediction. It's just, no, it's a, it's like a sexy pick. I you know? saw it and I was like, you know what? Like this guy, XFL guy. It's a sexy pick for sure. Don't get me wrong. And I think it also just rubbed me the wrong way that I saw a like a fantasy football ESPN post about the Steelers wide receiver core. And they were like, the Steelers wide receivers have juice. And it was Deontay, it was Pickens, it was Robinson, it was Calvin Austin. And then it was Gunnar Oshevsky snuck oh, in God. there at number five. So maybe oh, that's God. why. I was, get yeah. him out of there. Give me but anybody I didn't even, but I, I, I didn't even mention Calvin Austin coming back for his essentially right. red shirt year. Uh, you have the Boykin addition of, well, you, well we re- the Steelers re-signed Boykin, re-signed Miller. Uh, Don't forget Cody White out. is still there. Always. He, he He's always going to be there. there. Yeah. Cody White is. But going out and getting Allen Robinson, Tom. Okay, let me let me just do the math. Deontay Pickens and Robinson are like Robinson are in, basically one, two, yeah, and three. Cemented. Calvin Austin is probably your probably. number four. But I would say maybe between Austin, Boykin, and Miller, those three are vying for that number four. And then I think Akeem Butler can jump Seven, in there. Yeah. Can jump into that spot. I'm just saying that. A wide receiver like Boykin has a couple of drops in camp, and a wide receiver like Butler makes a couple of nice catches. Yeah. You know, that could sway things for that deep down in the depth chart. So, Miles Boykin does bring a lot to special teams, though. Butler's going to have to absolutely play a lot of special teams if he wants to make this team. Oh, but absolutely. There's no way he can be that far down in a wide receiver depth chart and just have a, a nice Without sip question. of Gatorade while the uh, kickoff and mm-hmm. punt teams are out on the mm-hmm. field. He's got to be on punt coverage. He's got to do all the dirty work. That Miles Boykin has proven to be really good at. Absolutely. So that is a little, you know, avenue for him to maybe get a head start on everybody else. Gunnar Olszewski, though, his main draw was as a punt returner last year, and uh, he lost and his job to Steven Sims halfway yeah, through the right. season. Sims is gone now. Here's a here's a here's a sexier topic for you. I don't know. I don't know how the wide receiver room will shake out. Do you think Gunner makes the team next year? This year? I'm worried about his kick return and punt return aspect. But with the looking, seven names we just went through. Right, but who's going to return punts and who's going to return kicks this year? Calvin Austin? Yeah, do you trust him? Maybe after? punts more with Austin. Mm-hmm. Kickoff, kickoffs, 
with kickoff, and I shouldn't have even put Gunner in the kickoff category because he doesn't do kickoff returns. Kickoff returns are just a different beast. You just yeah. catch the ball and kind of just run forward as fast as you can like a bullet and hope that you don't get hit and, for the love of God, don't fumble the football. Like, mm-hmm. That's your main goal. Like You can make things happen on punt returns a lot easier. You, you return punt returns a lot more often than kick returns. And you know you flip a punt, you know a nice 60-yard punt, and you get 20 yards of return on it. That's damn good for your offense. So, you know... With Calvin, with Gunner, I don't know if that's like a position battle that they have there. Is and Butler even fast enough to know. do that? You'd hope that you'd just hope that Austin would probably take that. Um, but right like now, you said, the punt return right now in our lads, it's Oshevsky. That's who they have as their number one, and then they have Jordan Bird as their number okay. two as a backup, another wide receiver that they have in in camp who probably won't make the team unless that's a nice little avenue for him to make the team on. But yeah, I, right. I just don't think he was that effective of a punt returner to just say, we're going to use a wide receiver spot on him to do nothing but return. Yeah, and do so ineffectively as well on top of it. I mean, he pretty much lost him a game last year. Right. Uh, you muff that punt against the Patriots, you put the Steelers back against the wall in a, in a, in a pretty bad way there. Um, Dire position, again, you don't always yeah. point at one guy and say, hey, 89 It was pretty easy game. to do it. It was pretty easy game. to track that game's loss back to there. When we come back, a couple of interesting matchups for a rookie Pittsburgh Steeler early in the schedule. And we talked about the schedule last week, but let's reiterate about the quarterbacks that the Steelers have to play on the sure, schedule. Sure, let's do it. It's not that impressive to me. No, be we, we kind of highlighted that and when we went over no, our, our schedule earlier really this not. week. Yeah. So we'll get into all of that on the way next. You can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio. Anytime, anywhere, you just say, Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio for my heart, and Alexa takes care of the rest. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Offerman. We'll be back in just a minute here on Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 